Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now okay everybody i have something really cool to tell you about if you haven't heard yet about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain here it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and then you can get started it's really fun we just switched over recently here at all too real too and i'm enjoying it so far so be sure to check it out and uh let us know what you think everybody welcome to the all too real two podcast my name is michael e colin the second and with me as always is matthew haas and michael colin the second okay anyways um (laughs) so folks this is our reaction and review to the 2019 Guy Ritchie film Aladdin produced by the Walt Disney Corporation. You may have heard of them. They're a little small little They're company. Startup. Yeah. Small independent company that owns a bunch of other companies and the world and <clears throat> pretty soon you and me. Maybe. I don't know. You are wearing a Guardians of the Galaxy shirt. I know. And they own them. Well, that's because I own like five T-shirts and I just recycled. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay because 
I'm wearing a Flash t-shirt, <laughs> and uh, they don't own the Flash. No, not yet. No. Warner Brothers does. No. So. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Someday, maybe they'll own Warner Brothers. <clears throat> Once upon a time, Warner Brothers almost bought Disney, so... Oh, wow. So, yeah. That was not even that long ago, actually, <laughs> so... <laughs> Ah, times they change. <laughs> times they are a changing. Okay, this movie, which is a uh, remake of the 1992 animated film that starred Robin Williams and Scott Wenger and other people. Those are the only two names I remember. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Gilbert Gottfried is in it too. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but Robin Williams was the big show in that one. Um, this movie. We have a new cast. All new cast. That we do. Yes. Tell us who played the genie in this version. Mr. Will Smith from (laughs) Fresh Prince of Bel-Air fame, Independence Day, Hitch, a bunch of other movies that I can't think of right now, but pretty much every movie. That movie where the football players get concussions and stuff. That's right. That one. Um So many good. Well, there's so many yeah. good movies, uh, and, and, and known for like songs like you know, um, getting jiggy with it. Right. Yeah. Pursuit of Happiness. Oh yeah, that was a good movie. Really great movie with um, his son. Yeah. He was. Yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, and we have um, newer comers. I mean, they both been in things before, but we have Mina Musad as Aladdin. He was pretty good, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. Naomi Scott as Jasmine. We have Marwan Kanzari, I think I'm saying that right, as Jafar. And then we have uh, Navid Negaban, I think I might be saying that wrong or whatever, as the Sultan. We also have uh, some new characters in this version here. We have um, Nassim Pedrad from, you know, you might know from SNL fame, and she was also on uh, The New Girl, and uh, she did an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and she's done a bunch of other stuff. Um, she was playing this new character named Dahlia, who is the uh, handmaiden to Princess Jasmine. And uh, we also have uh, Billy Magnuson as uh, Prince Anders, who was kind of a dorky, stupid prince that was in this, you know. So, yeah. Um, you know, and you've got your standards. you got your Yago and other things in this as well. Uh, not voiced by uh, Gilbert Godfrey this time. I believe this time he was voiced by me. By Matthew Haas. No, he wasn't. No. Um, we also do have, uh, in like kind of a beefed up role in this, we do have a... Uh, um, Newman um, Akar as uh, Hakim, the uh, head of the guards. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was kind of given a bigger role in this than in the uh, animated animated version. Um, yeah, Alan Tudyk did the voice of uh, of uh, Yago. The Cave of Wonders was voiced by the ever-talented Frank Welker, who was also the voice of Abu in um, the original movie and the Cave of Wonders as well. So, yeah, he reprised his role of the Cave of Wonders. So we do have one returning cast member. <laughs> You might know uh, Frank from his uh, roles as Freddy in the Scooby-Doo franchise forever. And uh, also um, as uh, Megatron in the uh, Transformers cartoons, as well as uh, Ray on the real Ghostbusters. Among a bazillion, bazillion other voices. So, yeah. Cool. I'm sure you've heard him before. 
I probably, yeah. Yes. Anyways, <laughs> so what's different in this movie uh, at the beginning of this movie? Uh, what, what, what do they start out differently here in this? Matthew? Uh, <clears throat> well, it starts off with uh, the genie as a, a, a human now. Yeah. On a boat with his family. And uh, and you don't see his wife. No. In the beginning. And he's basically just, his kids are kind of just like, you know, ooing and eyeing at just like really big ship. And he's basically telling them that, you know, just, just because it's looks nicer doesn't really mean it's better or whatever and then yeah. he starts telling the story about Aladdin <clears throat> and then it kind of goes into the past. Yeah, he starts yeah he starts singing um the opening theme the um Arabian Nights um just like Arabian Days um <laughs> <laughs> oh and, and also too <clears throat> what was different about that even which I thought was a good because there's this line in the original song where he says it's barbaric but hey it's home and that you know it's people kind of thought that was kind of like a prejudice thing to mm-hmm. say like oh arab places are barbaric so he says it's chaotic but it's home so that yeah it's is, a little better it's, yeah it, well because it can cause well, that can mean better. that can mean like political turmoil or anything that doesn't oh, yeah. mean barbaric like i mean so, chaotic could just mean kids running around or something, or something. like yeah yeah, so, yeah. Sorry. and um so that that was that part was a little bit different and then um but then after that it kind of follows pretty much the same story but with a little bit differences here and there yeah um basically they uh, they took some liberties with it from the original. Um, I mean, the original was based on a story that they took major liberties with. So, um, as we've covered previous incarnations of Aladdin for this podcast uh, this past month, you know that there are different versions out there, um, folks. Um, but this this was interesting. Um, they did beef up the uh, character of Jasmine a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. A hell of a hull of a lot, I said. A hull of a lot. A hull of a lot. It's two in the morning here, folks. So. Yes. Um, yeah, we we went and saw like the premiere locally of this movie, so we're kind of. Which I was surprised there was it was just us and like five other people. Yeah, there was like nobody in the theater. I, I hope I hope more people are seeing this movie. Yeah, than it, not just like it was actually good. It's a really good movie. Yeah. So and I'm not a fan of Guy Ritchie much as a oh, director. Yeah. I really. This is probably the first Guy Ritchie film I've actually liked, and I know that as an indie filmmaker myself, that's kind of like a bad thing to say because a lot of people love like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch and stuff like that that he's directed, but I'm not a fan. Really not a fan. But you like this one. Yeah, I did. I'm just not a big fan. Um, He kind of, I think, gets a little bit more credit than he deserves. (laughs) Anyways, um... I mean, he's proficient at his job. If you do want to work with me, Guy Ritchie, though, I will definitely work with you, I swear. Um, if you'd like to be on our podcast and talk about the history of your work yeah. and convince me otherwise, message me at mike at cohenpark.com. I don't think he's listening. Probably not right now. Maybe eventually. Maybe eventually. Yeah. As we grow and expand. And we uh, venture out into a whole new world. Yeah. Of podcasting. Yes. A whole new podcast. Anyways, um, so, uh, what, um, you know, I mean, we, we could go through the plot of this and explain how it's better and how it's different, but, I mean, the one thing that's really cool is the people actually did their own singing, unlike in the original, where the people that did the voices didn't do the singing hmm. most of the time, except for Robin Williams and, uh, stuff like that. And then the sequel, we got to hear the wonderful voice of, uh, 
of uh, um, Gilbert Gottfried. Um, <laughs> that wasn't too bad. No, when he, he wasn't sings, too bad. He wasn't doing that scratchly, scratchy. Yeah, not as much. You know. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, what would you say was your favorite change to the movie? Like specifically, Matt. I just think that like the humor, like like they would kind of like stay on the humorous things a little bit more, and not just kind of because you know it's a different type of movie. It's not an animated movie, so it's not about you know that aspect to it. So like I like there was a scene like when uh, when Prince Ali makes like his big entrance. That that whole thing was really cool. That by itself, the song. And the choreography and the, yeah, they, the... they leaked some of that early. Um, Disney did on purpose, oh, really? like uh, a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, maybe. Um, depends on when you're listening to this and everything. And uh, they, uh, a lot of people bashed it. I mean, hmm. the beginning of it, the part that they leaked wasn't really that spectacular, but it actually grew as the song went on. And I think the the the, the spectacle of it was really kind of cool, almost Bollywood like and stuff like that. It was kind of sweet. Yeah. yeah, I liked it. And then and I liked that part a lot. And then. The, when he introduces himself to Jasmine, he's like fumbling around his words because he's nervous and stuff, and he keeps fixating on the the jam, different types of jams that he brought. And yeah. Will Smith or Genie's just like move on from the jams because he's yeah. like, we got fig jams, we got date jams, seedless date we got jam. yam jams. <laughs> he's like move on from the jams, and then he he makes like you know he makes these like just saying stuff like, oh you know. You're trying to buy me? He's like, oh yeah. And I was like, oh, you think you think that I'm something that's for sale? And he's like, yeah, of course. He's like, no, I mean, of course not. And then, and then <laughs> Jeannie's like, in, you know, in ten thousand years, I've never been this embarrassed. <laughs> like stuff like that was, you know, funny. I thought. Yeah, I liked the. Uh, I liked that. Um, the way that. Uh, Aladdin and uh, the genie played off each other. It was pretty cool. It was like it's kind of like a like a buddy cop film almost or something mm-hmm. or like a buddy film or something like almost like I don't know. I want to say like Step Brothers or something in a way like kind of <laughs> like two people put together where they're kind of <clears throat> just forced to be friends in a way, kind of almost. Yeah. You know? Um. Yeah, I mean, I really like the. I just like the the added humor to it. It's kind of cool too, you know. Um, the whole. Uh, not sure if you folks can hear this. I think there's a train coming by. So <laughs> if you hear that in the background, you know, don't think we're traveling anywhere. <laughs> we're not doing this podcast on a train. No, that'd be fun though. Someday we will. Yeah, the Hogwarts Express. Yes, we'll do the podcast. Yes, as we venture, we could actually ride it at like Universal Studios in <laughs> That's Florida. Right. Um. Wasn't there last time I went? Sadly, <laughs> there's other parts of uh, of uh, of that of um the Harry Potter world, the Wizarding world. So yeah, I mean, my biggest thing that I really liked is the expansion of um of Jasmine by giving her a friend. Even you know she has a handmaiden named Dahlia, played by Nassim, Nassim Pedrad, which was kind of cool. And they they even created a love story for the genie with her, mm-hmm. which was pretty sweet because we find out at the end that the mom of the kids that he's telling the story to at the beginning is her yeah um the uh and they they even gave uh they they even gave um naomi scott's uh jasmine her own song because jasmine didn't have a song in the original movie 
they gave they wrote this song called Speechless, which was pretty cool. That uh, um, Alan Menken returned to do the uh, music for. He did the music for the original, and uh, the uh, lyrics were written by uh, new writers, uh, um, Ben Spasek and uh, Justin Paul. So yeah, yeah, I love that song. It was it was pretty sweet. I thought it was a really good song, and especially when they had the reprise of it later. That was that was towards the end of the movie. I liked that better than the first time they did it too, but I mean, all of our favorite songs, which I think is really cool, kind of returned from the original as well, kind of updated and cooler with uh, Will Smith in a way, mm-hmm. you know, with his with his uh, you know Big Willie style, <laughs> and um, <laughs> he put his own spin on Genie, yeah, which is cool. He wasn't just trying to be Robin Williams, and I mean, you know? the thing is, nobody could be Robin right. Williams. I mean, I'm sorry, but. There's not a single actor alive today that could have played the genie like Robin Williams did. And uh, they cast Will Smith smartly, in my opinion, because they knew he wasn't going to be able to do all the impressions that Robin did and all this other stuff. But he's still got that cool sense of humor of his own. Mm-hmm. And he stole the movie for me, in my opinion. Yeah. I think he was the best part of the whole movie. And I was so skeptical when I first heard that he got cast. <laughs> I was so afraid. Anyways, um, but yeah, his his performance was great. But I mean... I just I loved Naomi Scott as Jasmine. She was I mean she's beautiful too, so that kind of helps. Um, the <laughs> anyways, um, why don't we take a quick break here, Matt, and then we'll uh, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the film. Sure. Hi, folks. This is Michael Lee Collin the second from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with manager Matthew Haas. You got promoted? Yes. Damn it. Okay. Anyways, um, folks. Uh, do you like the show Superstore? I don't know. I asked the folks and nobody's answering well, me. Because they're not here. Oh, but we love damn it. it. Yeah, we love it, though. Okay, folks, if you like it as much as we do, you're really going to like the Superstory podcast, which is a podcast where Matthew and I go uh, episode by episode and give our little opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, sometimes we have guests. Sometimes we don't. Um, just depends on how we're feeling. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, so if you like this podcast and like our little crazy banter, then you should definitely check this out. Or I might get sad. And when I get sad, it gets pretty sad. Yeah, so I can't deal with him when he's sad. Yeah, no one can really. So, um, yeah. So, so check out uh, Super Story Podcast right here where you get this podcast, Super Story Podcast. Okay, and we're back. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked a lot of the changes that they did in the movie. Um, the only things I had issues with were probably were, were in reference to Jafar. I think um, uh, Marwan Kanzari, or however you say his name, I'm sorry, Mr. Kanzari, or however you say your name, if I'm mispronouncing it, uh, I apologize. I think he's a really good actor. Don't get me wrong on that. But his voice was a little bit too... I think mellow for me for a villain, but that's just, I don't know. I guess I get, I see what he was trying to go for, for this kind of slimy sort of thing, but it's like, I think they could have developed his character a little more. They, cause they expanded other characters and didn't really give us a whole lot. I mean, they, they made one mention of the fact that he used to be a thief <laughs> and it's like, mm. I wanted more backstory for, for, how- for, for Jafar, you know, and why he was evil and what was going on more than him just wanting to take over the world or whatever. You know, it's like he became like a Bond villain, you know, and it's like kind of what he was in the original. But I mean, you got time to expand it here on live action. Yeah. You could you could have. I mean, well, it was like a two hour movie ish. Right? Yeah, was, like I think that. it was like an hour and a half, two so, hours, something like that. Yeah. And it was it's just 
I think he did a good mm-hmm. job. I also don't, I think that, I mean, I know what they were going for to kind of almost more realistic with the parrot, with uh, Yago, mm-hmm. than in the original where he's kind of a complete character who talks and everything like a human. Mm-hmm. But um, I would have liked to have seen, um, as much as I love Alan Tudyk, I would have liked to have seen uh, Gilbert Gottfried reprise the role. <laughs> That's just me. It's kind of hard to say. I don't know. I did like that scene, though, where he he turned him into like a really huge parrot. Yeah, sorcery. that was pretty sweet. <laughs> that was pretty. Yeah, it was over two hours. It's two hours and eight minutes. OK, well, I guess it didn't it didn't seem that long. To no, me. it didn't. No. Um, yeah, the, that's uh, a good pacing for a movie right there. Yeah, when it doesn't, when feel, it doesn't feel as yeah. long as it. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. There was actually a couple of times where I thought the pacing was kind of weird. And oh, yeah. Could, but that's Guy Ritchie. Um, <laughs> well, there was weird things I noticed, too. Like, not they were really not so much of a complaint. But, like, it seemed like at times that, like, it, it was like they were being sped up when they were walking. Was that just my eyes deceiving that, That's me? Guy Ritchie. Okay, because that that was kind of weird to he, me. Um, um, he he has a habit of doing this thing where he slows down the background yeah. and speeds up the action of the people, or right. vice versa. I wasn't a huge fan of that. And I, I was it, wondering if that was just me. It, it's his style. Okay, he he's done it in like I mean, like in the Sherlock Holmes movies, which he's done recently, the ones with Robert Downey Jr. Mm. He does it a lot in those, like in the action scenes, especially. And this is not like one that's going to have like a lot of big action sequences, fights, mm. and stuff. But I will tell you the one thing I really found cool as action wise was uh all of the like almost parkour type stuff that uh Aladdin was doing around oh, around no. around Agrabah. That yeah, was, that was, pretty that was sweet. sweet. I yeah. mean at, towards the beginning, like when he's singing um when he's singing uh, One Jump Ahead and stuff, that was mm-hmm. that was really cool. I mean I don't know, I, I, I like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Kinda reminded me in a way of that uh you ever, there was that one James Bond movie maybe a decade ago or something or a little bit less with one of the Daniel Craig movies where there's a scene where he's basically doing He's chasing a bad guy and through a town and like uh-huh. buildings are falling around him and all this other shit mm-hmm. and it's just sweet and it, that just reminded me of that a lot. Thought it was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. Kind of. I mean, I don't know. It's a. But yeah. But like I said, you know, with uh, Jafar, I liked him. I just think he could have been developed better. <clears throat> yeah. He just, he just wasn't as menacing of a villain as he could have been. He kind of came off as almost more whiny than anything <clears throat> yeah a little bit i think i could see that yeah <clears throat> like it, like his ambitions were like huge like yeah. just wants ultimate power because that's kind of what happens like just like in the original movie yeah he gets tricked into wishing to be like the most powerful being in the universe yeah and so then he gets turned into a genie yeah and then but now he can't really use his power unless mm-hmm. someone finds his yeah. lamp or whatever yeah you know, un- unbelievable power, itty bitty living space. Yeah, <laughs> which you know, yeah. even even in that, those kind of mess. I mean, it, he was just like so lustful of power that he didn't couldn't think logically because it's like <clears throat> if the genie is gonna make you into the most powerful being in the universe, then wouldn't that make the genie the most powerful? Because he's making yeah. you. So obviously, the one who he's makes, not thinking it through. The one who makes the most powerful being in the universe has to be more powerful. Is still more powerful than you, regardless. <laughs> yeah. So that was you know. interesting, but it's like, he was you know. he was just like lusting for power. He's like, Ugh. and that staff he had where he was like, because his staff got broke. That was another cool scene when Aladdin 
took his staff and just slammed it against the floor and it just shattered. Yeah. It was a really cool visual yeah. uh, scene. I mean, I thought the 3D effects were pretty good in this movie, too. It looked it came out. I mean, they could have been better, but it was pretty cool. And uh, I don't know. Overall, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the whole idea of remaking a movie for money grabs. Mm-hmm. But this this seemed like more than that. I mean, it just it actually seemed like <clears throat> somebody cared when they were writing this. And it was, it was there. And they, they they cared about like almost in a in a post me Too world sort of like kind of uh, giving a woman a point of view, too. And I, I respect that a lot. And I also respect the fact that all of the main cast members, except for Will Smith, were of like Middle Eastern or mm-hmm. Asian descent or something. You know, it yeah. just seemed like that was better than casting a bunch of white people and putting brown face on them or something you know <laughs> yeah and that's the thing too is I, I didn't even even notice that consciously i mean i was, I was just watching yeah it. i'm like this is a really good movie which you know that that's you know that's that kind of proves the point though is that like it, other people yeah. can act too not, yeah not just white guys who live in la like that's know? why that's why i hope the movie does well <clears throat> because it'll show that yes you can kind of uh create more uh movies that star people of color you know right. it's like and then not not use the excuse of well we only do things that sell it's like well yeah then it becomes a chicken and egg thing though because yeah if it's like if those are the only movies you do then of course those are gonna be the only ones that sell which then means like oh well we have to continue only making movies like these and it just becomes a circular yeah it's the same, same thing, it's, like, it's like with music you know you you get the same you know sort of music and beats and stuff behind songs for years on end on top 40 oh, radio. Oh, you were talking about that. What the, 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 were you talking about? Oh, no, I was just saying in general. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, I mean, because you'll, you'll get a song that's done by, like, Taylor Swift that sounds like a song by Cardi B that sounds like <laughs> a song like, you know, it's just like you'll get different people and they could, you could, it wouldn't matter who you put in the, in the driver's seat of the song, it's going to mm. be the same music behind it, you know, it's just, you know, you could have a country song that has the same music as a rap song and it wouldn't matter nowadays because they just find something that sticks and they're mm-hmm. like hey this works we'll do this you know it's the same thing with movies it's like oh you know and i guess to a point that's kind of what disney's doing here with these beauty and the beast and <laughs> maleficence and all these like you know live action remakes of uh animated films you know true but i also think too that sometimes uh, like a, a movie can also like because you know an animated movie you know, like as its own yeah. um, style, mm-hmm. so that when you when you do it live action, it kind of changes the style. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, so it's like it's, it's like the difference between a book and a right. And a, so like and a TV some, show or sometimes, a movie. like um, I mean, I didn't see the Beauty and the Beast one, so I can't really comment yeah. on that one. But like um, and I I don't know if I've seen the Malef- Maleficent either. M- Maleficent. Sorry, Maleficent. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I I haven't seen that one, but I mean, I know. Well, they're doing is that two now? Now they're two? doing a sequel okay, now. Yeah, yeah. but um. Yeah, because I mean, the, the thing is, with Maleficent, from what I understand, at least was different because it was a, it's a prequel to Sleeping Beauty, so oh, it's okay. like yeah, um, the uh, and I didn't see Dumbo, but I heard yeah, I, didn't see I heard good and bad from it, so okay. it's uh, my uh, Dumbo, which is one of my least favorite Disney movies ever, anyways. So it's like whatever, it it saved the company though. So wow, <clears throat> Lion King, I'm not so sure about that because yeah, that's. It's one thing to have people acting the parts of animated things yeah. and having animals. Well, they, they did which... do it with Jungle Book, and it's the same director. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's... It's John Favreau, the director okay. of Iron Man 1 and 2. Okay. And uh, the writer of quite possibly the best, <laughs> one of the best uh, indie films ever, Swingers. Anyways. Um, yeah, that's yeah. the same one. <laughs> but, uh, 
I kind of want to see it just too because I mean Donald Glover is Simba in this too. So yeah, but the thing that bothers me about that one is people keep referring to it as live action. Every single element of that movie <laughs> is CGI. Right. So yeah. it's not live action. It's not live action at all. It's CGI action. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like they trained a lion to talk, you know, um, <laughs> and a warthog to talk or whatever. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> and be friends with each other. Yeah. <laughs> and not eat each other. Yeah. Well, lion eats the, <laughs> the warthog. Yeah. <laughs> Man. But, um... That's the other thing too. I mean, I think the CGI in this movie was good and in Aladdin. Oh, yeah. yeah, fantastic. I mean, the the cool thing I, I I heard the other day, and I mean, it, it it is pretty amazing. They did motion capture for Will Smith as the genie, and when he's blue, that's all CGI, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe maybe Will was being facetious when he said that, but I he he's I heard him on Kimmel the other night, and he was talking about it, and he was saying that it was. Well, completely CGI, which I believe it could happen. You know, I mean, it's, when you got all these facial recognition softwares and stuff, I mean, <clears throat> like there's only so many variables of a human face before yeah. you can kind of. But they create. do that thing where they put little dots all over your face mm-hmm. and have you say the lines and everything. Because I mean, that's what they did with. Uh, that's how they did Thanos in um, in the Avengers movies mm-hmm. and stuff, and you know, even back in the day, how they did. Uh, um, um, Gollum and you know mm-hmm. stuff like that so it's it's possible I mean it's kind of scary too, though to a point of how how realistic they're getting and I mean they, they did that I mean sometimes you still have what they call the uncanny valley where you can tell it's animated and it's not quite right even though you're trying to create a human I think with the a- aspect of him being blue it took away some of the stuff and you made it not realize whereas like in um, Rogue One they recreated Peter Cushing with an actor doing his voice and facial recognition. I mean, facial, uh, or, um, or whatever you call it. Uh, now I forgot what it was called. The um, motion capture oh, okay. of his face. And uh, they uh, they did that, and it just still it falls way into that uncanny valley where mm. you're like, um, that's a computer. That's not a dude. It's uh, <laughs> looks almost like Peter Cushing, but not quite. There's just something wrong. But it still leaps and bounds above what they could do. But that is kind of scary, though, because in my opinion, you could take voice recognition from people and, you know, I'm not recognition, but like voice recordings of people and maybe even create something that could sound like somebody and you won't even need a human at all. Uh Even even you wouldn't even need like a voice impersonator to do the role and you could eventually... You know, we could have a movie with Humphrey Bogart and James Dean starring next to each other in the movie or something, you know, and it's like with like, Tom Cruise or something. And like a completely like, AI <clears throat> recreation. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Well, some people are talk, worried about that. People who understand where this technology yeah. is going that were <clears throat> they're already talking about AI created music and stuff. And yeah, you know, at what point then like like people are like even having like issues with like legal issues of like how. At one point, to like, can someone say that like someone stole something from someone else if they just taught an AI software to basically scan like millions of songs to create their own melody? I mean, yeah. At what point can they say that they stole that or they created? Yeah. That, you know, type of thing. And, and like, and it's like you got that whole deep fake sort of thing too, where you can take yeah. a video and like I've seen that one where uh, Jordan Peele does the voice of Obama, and they can have and, terrible and, political ramifications. And, and, and they and they and they got this facial thing and he sounds just like obama yeah. and the 
the thing looks just like Obama, so mm. you would think that that's Obama talking, and he could make mm. him say anything you wanted. You know, if you get somebody that sounds like him or Trump or anybody, you know, what I'm just saying that you could like, totally create anybody. Like when you have a certain person that always talks about fake news, um, you might actually get to the point where there literally is yeah. fake news, mm-hmm. where it's a, like a person, politician, claim. Like for example, like you know, all these people hate Ilhan Omar or. And they could get her. They could get, get them, them. One of them to say something, then, or, then or they, on the other side, you get some. You could. You, yeah. I mean, not, not that I'm defending them, yeah. but you could get Trump saying something that he's not really saying and create a world war or something. Some, yeah, yeah. yeah you never know. There's. I, I mean, I read an article. <laughs> yeah. I sound like Jonah now from Superstore, but like, yeah, I read an article the other day about like, you know, basically it said deep fakes are coming and it's like completely disastrous for democracy. Like, oh yeah, because like until until like I mean, people eventually. Once they get used to something, they'll be able to to kind of suss out like what is fake and what's yeah. not. But like, at, but at first, there's not. And still, that there's to, still there's gonna probably still be a way to technologically tell <clears throat> what something is, and there might right. be ways that you have to prove that something's a real video. But it's just kind of scary that, like, I served on a trial for a shoplifter, and one of the things that we had into evidence was video from the from the retail store that we were that the that the girl was shoplifting from where we actually saw her taking things out of the store mm-hmm. on video but that could easily be faked now right where they could put me in a JC Penny stealing stuff and yeah. then I go to trial and all of a sudden I'm in trouble for stealing from right. JC Penny and I never even stepped foot in there you know what I mean it's just yeah <laughs> it's just wild yeah it's kind of crazy but hopefully Things don't ever come to that. Yeah. Um, well, um, let's take another quick break here, Matt, and then we'll come back and um, we've got some trivia and some sure. other things to talk about uh, before we wrap things up here about Aladdin. Cool. Megazilgar's apprentice, Udo Malaki, comes from a family of dangerous, exciting casters. Hi, I'm Udo Malaki, and um, I do magic. Even if his ambitions only go as far as staying alive. You know, I was really hoping you were going to say something a bit more positive. Not exactly an ideal Magus. Mm. You can hear Udo Malaki and his exciting adventures in the upcoming radio comedy, Magus Elgar. Visit MagusElgar.com to download your comedy copy today and we are back we are back 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 sorry we are back you ought to know by okay so um sorry got a little bit of a billy joel moving out stuck in my head (laughs) so uh I, i pulled up the good old uh internet movie database here got some uh trivia about the movie um, Sir Patrick Stewart campaigned for the role of Jafar. He had previously turned down the role in 1992 as Aladdin and regretted it ever since. <laughs> okay. Um, this film has also been homaged in two previous Disney. Actually, I'm glad though that they didn't cast uh, Patrick Stewart as much as I love him. It would have been weird because he's white. And also, like, 80-something years old. Yeah, but still. It's Patrick Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's looked the, he's, he's looked, he he's looked like he's 80 since he was 35. Pretty much. So, yeah. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the guy doesn't really age much. No. Um, yeah, the uh, 
th- this uh, film has been homaged in two previous Disney live action films. Uh, the Jungle Book in 2016, The Genie's Lamp was spotted in King Louis- Louis's Temple. <laughs> um, in Beauty and the Beast, there was a model of Agrabah Castle that appeared uh, during Be Our Guest. Um, the reason Guy Ritchie was primarily interested in doing this film was because it was Disney's story he was closest to. He said, my stories are really about street hustlers. That's what I know how that's what I know how to do. And Aladdin is a classic street hustler who makes good. Um, He also decided to uh, do a children's film for his five children. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Will Smith, um, it says, recorded a friend like me on the first day that he met the composers. Oh, wow. Um, There were rumors early on that uh, Gilbert Gottfried would be reprising his role of Yago from the original um, franchise. However, it was later confirmed that Alan Tudyk would be taking up the role. Uh, The uh, filmmakers took an extensive casting call to find actors for the... um, that were uh, right ethnicities for the film, having an Arabian setting. In the uh, end, the cast was comprised of Arab, Middle Eastern, um, Central Asian, um, Southern Asian um, descent actors. Um, Egyptian-Canadian actor uh, Mina Musad played Aladdin. <clears throat> Anglo-Indian actress uh, Naomi Scott played Jasmine. Uh, Dutch-Tunisian actor uh, Marwin um, Ganzari played Jafar. Uh, Iranian-American actors uh, Navid uh, Negaman um, played the Sultan, and uh, Dalia was played by Nassim Hadrad. Um, Turkish-German actor uh, Newman Akar played Hakim. So, yeah, um, as I said before, the only actor from the original to reprise his role was Frank Welker, mm. who played Abu and, and also played the Cave of Wonders. The Cave of Wonders. But he also did the voice of Abu, the, the little monkey sounds and stuff. That's awesome. Also, yeah. it reminded me about um, what you said earlier about the CGI. Yeah. That Cave of Wonders scene was sweet. Awesome. I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah. That was a it, it it was beautiful. That was such a good. And I mean, and also, I mean, I'm pretty sure that Abu was completely CGI. Oh, really? That monkey? I mean, that's That's pretty good. That's pretty sweet. It looked like a real monkey. Yeah. Um It's amazing what they can do nowadays. What about Raja? Was was she um CGI? I pr- I'm pretty sure okay. she probably was. Yeah. Because I don't think they would have the oh, actors that close. To, yeah, <laughs> that close to a huge yeah. tiger. <laughs> think about that. And this was this. Uh, I'm not going to name them all, but this is actually Alan Tudyk's uh, eighth Disney film. Uh, yeah. Um, at first, uh, Will Smith was actually offered to star in Dumbo, in the part I think that went to. Uh, I think that went to Colin Farrell, and he uh, turned it down and wanted to do this instead. Hmm. That's cool. Um, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so uh, another thing. Um, Jim Carrey was offered the role of the genie. But, that would have been interesting. Yeah. But I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad they went with Will Smith. Me too. He, because uh, I think... Jim Carrey is, would be very much con, um, uh, very much too similar to Robin Williams. 
because right. they're both like these great comic uh, improvisers who are kind of both like in their own little universe. Right. So yeah. So like it would be too similar, but then since he's not Robin Williams, it would be compared. So too that's much. so it's better to have someone that's not even like Robin Williams at yeah. all. So that way, no one's making yeah. a comparison. Because he was a. Uh, yeah, he um. Yeah, he turned it down because of some. Uh, because of some uh, legal troubles, it says that he was mm. having at the time, so he couldn't do any long-term work. Um, Guy Ritchie said he chose Will Smith to be the genie because he believed Smith could give a performance as good as the late Robin Williams, but not similar. Just the flavor of the character would be different enough and unique enough that it would be in a different lane versus trying to compete. Which makes sense. It's like yeah. they're in two different races. Um, Gabriel Iglesias was in the running to play the genie. Not even sure. Oh, he's a, he's. A oh, is it that comedian? Is that yeah? The guy that always yeah, the guy fluffy, fluffy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that would have been all right too. But yeah, but I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not a big fan of his. They so made the good. Why, they made yeah. the right choice. Yeah. with Will Smith. And I, I don't think he's big enough name. You know what I mean? Well known enough. Um, I mean, he's known, but he's not like he's not like, he's not like Will Smith known. Right. Yeah. And. uh During uh, the campaign, after uh, Marwin Kanzari was uh, cast as uh, Jafar, um, the media started calling him Hot Jafar because he's, he's hot. <laughs> hot. I guess the guy's Jafar. completely ripped, like too. Like oh, he's really? like, yeah. I, I saw a picture of him the other day with his shirt off, and oh, the right. dude is like, yeah, like unbelie- unbelievably shredded. Yeah, shredded. it's kind of creepy. Um. Anyways, uh, <laughs> and um. Yeah, I hope that they fix this, but I guess a lot of the writers from the original movie didn't get credited on this movie, mm. even though the story was written by them. Mm. And so I really hope they fix that. I didn't pay attention to see if they did, but I really hope that they did. Um, why don't we take one quick other break here before we wrap things up, and maybe we can read a couple of reviews, like if there's any online, and then um, then we'll end this here, Matt. Okay. And we'll be right back. Hey folks, this is uh, Michael E. Cullen II um, from the podcast that you're listening to right now along with Matthew Haas. We just wanted to tell you about our great, great podcast called Super. It's called All Too Real. And on that show, what, what do we do, Matt? We, we watch biopics and then we talk about whether or not the movie matched up with the real story or not. So we, we, It was a lot we, more exciting than that, though. Yeah, so, 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 so we... We analyze the real story and the real story. Get it? Get it? Real. You know? Yeah, they're spelled differently, folks. Yeah. You can guess which one I said which way. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, so uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, but we uh, talk about great, great, uh, great movies like uh, Shattered Glass yes. and The Social Network and. Uh, a futile and stupid gesture, among others. Um, those are some of the ones that we've covered so far, and uh, we're going to cover a lot more. So uh, please uh, subscribe on Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you uh, find your great, fun podcasts. And be sure to share it with your friends. Do it. Do it. Do it. And make sure you're not afraid to get all too real. Bye-bye. Okay, and we are back we are back and uh so i'm searching through the internet movie database here as we do as we 
shall do. Yes. Do show. Um, so uh, the Master Gaming on uh, May 19th, 2009 gave a little review here. They must have saw an early screening of it somewhere. Um, nine out of ten. So good. I didn't have high hopes for this film, but honestly, it surprised me. I found the CGI to be tolerable. Mm, okay. And that, <laughs> that it wasn't as bad as in the trailers. Uh, the music in this film was just amazing. That's the other thing, too. I love the music. In yeah. this uh, it was the perfect mix of the original with some new elements, and it just gave me chills every time, specifically Friend Like Me. The actors did all the did a phenomenal job and will was of course the standout performance naomi scott also did a great job as well the one problem i have with this film is that jafar looks way too young he doesn't have the same effect when he looks like that i will give him that um the uh another uh here's a here's a bad review of the film it's a really short one um Um, somebody named uh, Princess Tazlove. Um, one out of ten. The old version is better. The movie was not what I expected. There was no chemistry between the couples. Jasmine has has a beauty of an Arab girl, and Naomi Scott does not represent any of it. And I did not, and I don't get a Disney princess vibe from her. Yeah, they saw a completely different movie than I did. So, um. <clears throat> to be clear, Jasmine from 1992 was a cartoon character. Voiced by a white woman. So how could she have <laughs> the beauty of an Arab woman when she's a cartoon character? And and the other thing I'd like to say is um, she's from Agrabah. It's a fictional fucking country, people. <clears throat> also... Um, <clears throat> people from the Middle East, just like black people, just like all other Asian people, they not all look the same. Yeah. So, like, I knew this one dude when I was in college, who sometimes I would see at the mosque. He had red hair. Uh, he looked almost like my neighbor from down the street when I was a little kid. Yeah. Who's Scottish ancestry? This guy was from Syria. So. Like, you know, like, I mean, like to say like, oh, well, she doesn't she doesn't look like a beautiful Arab woman because a cartoon character looks different than her. Like, <laughs> OK, I guess. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, the stripes on Raja were different than the stripes on Raja in the cartoon. I know. So, so that's a, completely different. You know, you know? So I'm just saying a tiger sucks now. It doesn't look like an, Ar- an Arab tiger. <laughs> it doesn't look like an Arab tiger. <laughs> or an agri agri bi Mary, I don't know. Um Agribarian. <laughs> ag- that sounds like some yeah. Some like some I don't get those agribarians. They uh, they ruin our country. Those those agribarians. <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed to vote. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well did you ever see the thing there was actually a, a poll done online? Yes. Where people said that, you know, something about, you know, we we should invade uh, Agrabah. <laughs> something like, yeah. Yeah. And then people, like, how many? It's like 50%, something ridiculous yeah. amount of percentage of people are like, yay. Well, it, it, right. It, it's like the, the recent thing where people were saying that they didn't think we should be teaching Arabic numerals in school. 
Oh yeah, I remember that one too. That yeah. That that one's just sad. Yes. It's like <clears throat> they're I mean, it's what we've been using for how many, I don't know how many centuries now. Yeah. Roman numerals suck. I'm sorry. I still don't, I still get confused after oh, yeah, seven. No. I don't even know what happens with eight. I don't even know what you're supposed to do with eight. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't, that's why, that's why I hate reading old books. <clears throat> yeah. Old books where they have footnotes because mm. they do them, they used to do them in Roman numerals. I, I don't know what the footnotes are even talking about. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just have to guess or just not read them because I don't, I don't know what's going on with eight. I don't. <laughs> That's a good line. I don't know what's going on with A. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's it for the reviews here then. Um, anything else you want to say about the movie, Matt? Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to remember because, you know, we just saw it like a few hours ago. So I'm trying to remember like. Yeah. Every, I'll probably end up remembering more over the next day or so. But just like I really love that Cave of Wonders scene with the coins. It was pretty cool. And the ruby. And then that when when uh, when Abu picked up the, the, um, the ruby. Then like all that lava and fire and stuff like that just came out. It was such a, that was such a cool, ah oh man, that was such a cool scene. So this is gonna sound weird um, to some people probably listening and everything, but okay, because a lot of people didn't like this movie. There's been a few musical movies that have like blown me away. One of them was Rent, mm. which because I love the musical Rent, it's not as good as the stage play by any means, but for some odd reason. Like the scenes, especially when they're on the streets of Agrabah and in like Aladdin's little house and stuff like that. Towards the beginning of the movie, as I was watching and I'm thinking to myself, I was like, this feels like the Rent movie to me. I don't know if it's the whole like living in, in poor conditions and stuff like that. It just it had huh. it, in the way it was filmed and certain things like the, the lighting and different things like that. It just really reminded me of Rent for some reason. In a good way, not in a bad way by any means. So, we're not gonna pay. We're yes, no. we're not. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just—it was like in a good way. I don't know what it is. It was something. Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. Like, I mean, it's not like all over the movie, but it's just like I think it. It also just had that feel, and it was like sort of like in in, in the spectacular aspect of it, where I I just love. There's something about musicals. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I hated musicals. And then I did one in high school. I, I like worked on one. I didn't actually, I wasn't in it. I was in another one later. But I worked on Godspell in high school on the crew and designed the set and stuff. And after I did that, I was just like, okay, I love musicals now. And um, there's just something about this. And I mean, this is, this, this is, I mean, there is a Broadway musical version of Aladdin out there, which I've seen a lot of clips of and stuff like that. And it looks beautiful. I would love to see that too. Um, but there's something about it when it's put to film as well that just blows me away. The whole idea of somebody singing, it's just, I don't know, it makes me want to cry sometimes. Yeah. Well, if you, when you do it right. Yeah. That then, I mean, because there's some musicals like a certain one uh, that begins with the phrase, uh, part two or part one and two. Uh, Mamma Mia. Oh, that one. Um, Ma, I, I I was I was thinking of the first letter, not the I was end. To, yeah, I didn't want trying to, to disguise. I didn't it, yeah. want to say it, but um, yeah. Apparently, some of those movies aren't. Yeah, here's my thing, people. <laughs> Matt got me on this little oh, little thing. Okay, so the cinematography in this movie at times was kind of sloppy. I'll tell you that in in Aladdin, but that is Guy Ritchie's style. Mm-hmm. At times, he's kind of an indie filmmaker. Kind of comes from that 
and it worked it worked to his benefit in this because of the whole aspect of this okay <laughs> now when you're doing a movie based on one of the most popular broadway musicals ever <laughs> named mamma mia and you decide that you're going to have a song with Pierce Brosnan and Meryl Streep singing to each other on the side of a fucking hill. And instead of cutting to close-ups, which you can do with film, by the way, I'm just telling whoever the fuck the cinematographer was on that film. Whoever it is is never going to want to work with me. I just know that, and I don't care. Anyways, cut to some fucking close-ups of Pierce and, and, and Meryl. They're both beautiful people. Cut to their faces. Come on, people. I'm just saying... For, for like most of that song, it's just two people on a fucking hill in the distance singing to each other. That's cool on stage because on stage you get to do your own editing with your eyes and you can kind of zoom in and do whatever you want on who you want to focus on and shit like that when you're watching a musical. Yes. When you're making a movie, I understand you don't always need close-ups. There... When you got somebody singing a heart-wrenching song to each other, you know what you need? Guess what, Matt? Close-up, right? Yes. 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 You're learning. Cool. Yes. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Aladdin. Yeah, Aladdin. Aladdin had close-ups. Yeah. And also beautiful music. Yes. And beautiful dance numbers where they showed. Oh, yeah, that really cool dance scene. It was like very Bollywood-ish. The Prince Ali. Yeah. um, when 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 the genie was forcing him to dance by oh yeah when using they his hands yeah when they were at a party in this one scene and that was beautiful that yeah, was sweet they, that was, he, yeah and then and um Mina Musad is like I I hope he did all that dancing himself I don't know though I mean because nowadays you could replace his face with you could have had a really professional but whoever did the dancing in that scene was awesome yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah anything else you need to say here Matt not really just um what would you rate this movie out a one out of ten I'd probably go with uh, nine. Yeah. I go with a solid nine. I'd give it about a nine and a half, which is really cool. surprising for me because I was really expecting to hate this movie, oh, honestly. Really? So I kept my hopes up when I went in, but I was still. Maybe that's why I liked it so much because I was expecting something a lot worse. Because you thought it was going to be bad, yeah. Yeah, I was really expecting to hate it because the original Aladdin is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I saw that movie like four or five times in theaters mm-hmm. when it came out and went on a blind date to see it and all this other stuff. Yeah, when I was like in junior high. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that was a weird, awkward time. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to think about awkward, Mike. No, no. <laughs> I just, just, I just realized that our, 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 our the ceiling fan's still on and oh, I thought I had turned oh, it off. Oh, shoot. Oh, well. That's okay. So if you guys heard the ceiling fan during this, just yeah, let I me hope know. you didn't. Yeah, if you hear a bunch of background noise, then whatever. I mean, yeah. Sorry about that. But, yeah. Sorry yeah. about your luck. Anyways, um, <laughs> we love you folks. Yeah. And uh, be sure to tune in next uh, episode uh, when we get back to regular programming where we're going to talk about some direct-to-video sequel or some topic of some sort i haven't decided what the next one's going to be yet so but until then um we're done yeah bye-bye thanks for listening to all too real Two podcast a cullen park production produced and edited by michael e cullen the second music by matthew haas subscribe and share the show visit us at cullenpark.com